0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 105 of Line of Sight. My name is Chandler.
1: I put that on the outline, is that actually accurate? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I trusted you,
0: I trusted you Brett. I'm. My name's Chandler, I'm here with Brett.
2: <laughs> I'm in charge this week. Yep. It is It is yeah. 105, holy smokes. How did you you know, it right. Wait, no, is it? it is. Yes it, it is, because yes. last time was Thanksgiving. Even yeah. yep. Yep, yeah. no. a okay. broken clock is right twice a year <laughs>
0: It's true. I'm here with Brett and Jaden. Screw those guys. Uh, <laughs> hello, we're off, everybody.
2: We're off to a great start. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm, hey, I'm That's like it. the most honest Chandler's been about us in like ever. True.
0: I'm gonna. I'm not going back and re-recording this. We're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we're doing it live. <laughs> the
2: 20 seconds of it that we have to re-record. I, re- I refuse.
0: Sure. All, I, I right. So, All right. So. uh... Hello everybody, it's been a little <laughs> bit I'm now out of sorts, because these guys are the worst um, <laughs> So We're light of sight, hello everybody I'm going to go into news, I'm just going to kick straight into it So that we have some <laughs> vague form of, of Structure moving forward uh, So, December 15th Snooty Carnage At Strange Ways Games, which is in Florida Sweet! Satellite Beach Florida uh, it Looks like it's just a 75 point steamroller and the winner gets free entry into SnootyCon, which I don't really know anything about. But, yeah. Uh, and this is the holidays, so stuff gets very sparse in yep. general. But oh, hey,
2: Chandler, where are you reading these tournaments from?
0: I'm reading these off of the line of sight uh, War Machine uh, and Horde's tournament calendar, which you can oh, find okay. on our website, com. Excellent. Yep. Uh, then for the, what is this date? The 4th of January with the Odd Fellows Warm Hordes Masters Tournament, which is in Victoria, British Columbia. I want to go uh, to this
2: so bad, but I don't think I'm going to be able to.
0: Where's it at? Is that Western? I don't I have no It, idea it
2: is it. Vancouver Island. Ah, I gotcha. Okay. so right. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That'd be fun. Um, so that is in the historic Odd Fellows Hall in downtown Victoria. It's a 32 player. Steamroller? Steamroller. Uh, Iron Gauntlet, and
2: Warfare Weekend Qualifier, I believe. Very cool. Or Warfare Weekend Points thing, (laughs) since they're they're not qualifiers anymore. Yeah, they're all points. Points
0: And it's over over two days, so that's the fourth and the fifth. Uh, And then also on the fourth, we have the Baltimore... Baltimore, sorry. (laughs) Baltimore Qualifier number two at High Tide Games, uh, which is in... This is confusing. California, Maryland.
1: Oh God! <laughs>
2: <didn't want> <laughs> That's what it says. That's amazing. I should read so. these more carefully when I like, hit yeah, the probably. yes, we'll accept this uh, button. <laughs> yep,
0: yep, yep. Uh, so, yeah. And then uh, I'm going to kick into the rest of January, just because we're here. Sure. Um, the 9th of January, we have Conquest 2020. That's in Oslo. Uh, which... Man, I would love to make it to something like that someday, but not this year.
2: Not this year. <clears throat> nope.
0: And uh, on the it looks like 25th of January 2020, we have the Baden Team Cup, which is in Germany. Uh, it's a three-man team tournament uh, using <laughs> German style. In parentheses,
2: I love the German style uh, team tournament yeah. format. It's great. All the depth of WTC, but none of the time. Yep. And you get to play with three man teams, which is infinitely faster. And then
0: we don't actually have it listed on here, but the the 24th through the 26th is going to be the Las Vegas Open, which is a Bali's casino in Las Vegas. It's one of the, it's pretty much my favorite convention, honestly. For just like, if you just want to do like War Machine tournaments, it's like the best one,
2: I think. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't go to Lockwood last year, so I can safely say it's my favorite of the year. Uh, Yeah, even Counting Lock and Load, this one's my favorite. I really hope I can make that one, too. That that would be fun.
0: Sure. So, uh, that's that. What's actually going on with Privateer Press these days?
2: Uh, Well, the dynamic update is coming out either end of December or beginning of January. And all we know about it is that there's a bunch of Trollkin buffs. A bunch of uh, the Convergence CID stuff is going live. The Clockatrice is getting nerfed somehow, and Harbinger is getting nerfed somehow. And yep. That's all we know. Nice. Yep. So there's that. Uh, I mean, we can announce that we're going to do a whole bunch of new content in the next month because we're going to have like incentive. That's news, okay. right? Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We got some deals going on with with uh, Privateer that we're going to have some some cool stuff going on over the next.
2: That's right. We're couple, selling out. So,
0: we're selling out.
2: <laughs> <To> there's a company <laughs> that we already plug shamelessly every <laughs> yeah to, yeah to the company <laughs> that we put
0: literally hundreds of hours of yeah. of, of free stuff into, of free advertising yeah uh <laughs> yeah. the new adr got uh, oh,
1: that's uh right
0: previewed oh yeah um, yeah um, everything
2: they wanted <laughs> well
1: so I, i'd like to point out for the second year running the lists i play in the warm machine weekend
2: invitational are in adr nice uh, I haven't
0: ex- I haven't examined it super closely, but I'll take a minute to go over it real quick because it's I don't know it's kind of fun. Mercs uh
2: ridiculous, Grimkin is ridiculous, Infernals is good, and I that's about it. And Circle is Kruger 2. Circle is Kruger too. <Yeah>.
0: So, Signar, we live in a world where uh, it's cool to have Major Prime Victoria Haley on ADR and nobody cares. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Wow, I didn't even know. I didn't know either. That's amazing. (laughs) Uh, Lord General Coleman Stryker, that is uh, Stryker 3, who is my Uh favorite Stryker because he looks awesome, but yeah. Uh, nobody likes him. Constance Blaze and uh, Commander Adept Nemo, and they have Storm Division and Flames in the Darkness. So it's basically Blaze and, and somebody else in Storm Division.
2: Haley Two Storm Division is a good list, you know.
0: Like uh, Haley 3. I play that. Yes, it's Haley Three.
2: Oh, Haley Three. That's still a good list. I play.
0: That yeah, role. you can still do it. Yeah, you can still do it. You're not wrong. But yeah. yeah. Uh, for Protectorate, it is uh, Amanad Raza, uh, Kreos Three, uh, Resnick Two. And uh, grand scrutator is oh god it's one. Uh, is sevy one yep it's various one. Uh, and I accidentally clicked away. Our uh, options are going to be might. warriors of the old faith and creators might.
2: I actually like that quite a bit. I think that's a fun ADR.
0: I do too. I think I think there's a lot of fun stuff you can do. I mean, it's going to be probably Ammon. You could do Creas three creators might. Sure. Or um,
2: sevy one creators might. I think you could probably get away with.
0: Yeah, that's true. So because yeah, you can't.
2: Play Sevian Warriors, of the Old Faith, so you know. Yep. there's that. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, Kedor, we have uh, Sorsha three. Strakov assault commander is Strakov one. His, his art looks newer, but I believe yeah. that is Strakov one. It's one. Yeah, the, the art is like that's really new. Uh, coming down to Irusk. God, I hate Kedor stuff. I can't
2: like that's Irusk one. Okay,
0: I never, I never have any idea which one it is. Iris two
2: is supreme, I believe. Yeah. Right, gotcha. And then, uh, I think he's two. Is that Vlad- two? Hold oh, on a saying? second, I'm bringing it up.
0: This is a Kador problem. This isn't our fault. this is a Kador <laughs> <K-dor laughs> issue. Coming down to Iris is, is uh, Iris one? Uh, the Dark Prince is Vlad one.
2: Vlad two. Okay. Oh, that's Vlad one. Vlad one. Yep. Great. Prince uh, is...
0: Armored core and Winter Guard. So it's gonna be like Vlad one Winter
2: Guard. Yeah. And something then else something armored else, because Kozlov's in there still, right? Because it's he's a battle oh, Box yeah. caster. Yeah, I yeah. could actually see, yeah, Kozlov armored Core like armored.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Um, Crix—they got a uh, interesting list. I like theirs a lot, actually. I do see it, it looks fun. It looks fun to play against. Like, there's actually mm-hmm. like,
2: does, it, a does it? It's got Scar One and Black Industries. <laughs> like, sure.
0: <the> whole... <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, but
2: Black Industry Scar One is like the least bad Scar One to play against, in my opinion. It's like, I don't want to play against Slaughter Fleet Raiders, and then I don't want to play against Dark Host, and then I don't want to play against Black Industries in that order. Yeah.
0: Uh, so it's Scavarus, uh, One, Scar One, and Venethrax, and Black Industries and Dark Host. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of ways you could go
2: with that, to be honest. It's I mean, feel I think like you're going to. it's going to be Scar One, Dark Host, and then something. Yeah. Like yep. Scavarus, Black Industries sounds sweet. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, I mean, you could do that. You could run, I don't know. All of them are like decent in their own way. Like Venathrax mm-hmm. is actually not bad. Uh, Retribution, Gareth Two, Ron, Kalissa, and Ilara Two. Shadows of the Retribution and Forges of War. The
1: most important news here is that Gareth Two got something that can be called art. Yes, that's true. Yep. Yeah. Uh,
2: so hold on a second. Shadows of the Retribution. That's the theme that the entire right universe is complaining about, right? Yes. Okay. And then Forges of War is the other one that they're all complaining about. Correct. <laughs> And mm-hmm. then they got Gareth, too, who's like the best caster that they've got. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And Ron's good in Forges of the War. Ron's good in Forges of War. That's true. That's the Ron's main team. I
0: actually think Kalos is pretty decent in Forges.
1: I agree. <laughs> <clears throat> um, Does anyone else think this ADR is super old school? Like, these are all the best casters when Mark III came out. Yeah, that's true, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. To Yeah, to a certain degree. Yeah. Uh, mercenaries, theirs is always complicated because they got so much stuff. Uh, Captain Rahera, Captain Damiano, Fiona the Black, Constance Blaze, Drake McBain, and their options are Soldiers of Fortune, Flames in the Darkness, and Talion Charter.
2: They've got Fiona or Fiona and Flames of the Darkness, so their ADR is nuts. Yep. Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah, I
2: think I think you'll be
1: hard pressed to see a Mark player
2: playing out of ADR. Yeah, I would probably <laughs> agree with that, unless somebody wants to like go old school and play Ostrom. Yeah, that's the only reason. Um, out of curio, like I'm actually kind of curious. I wonder if befuddle is also going to get fixed in the dynamic update because man, I, I hope so. That's I, I know. that bad.
0: I know that some some people definitely brought it to their attention that it's problematic because yeah, it's kind of it's kind of for, for
2: those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, befuddle is a spell that does does not <laughs> control a model. But lets you make an advance with an enemy model, which also lets you trigger counter charge, which Toros have. And Watcher, which Nemo 4 has. And although he's not out yet, he will be soon. And uh, that means that Toros threat something like 27 inches or something fairly reliably without too much work. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um,
0: convergence. We have Syntherian, Orion, Axis, Destruction Initiative, Clockwork, Legions. Um, I mean, this it becomes relevant when we get all the new stuff.
2: Yeah. It's going to be Orion and Destruction Initiative and then Axis and Clockwork, I think. Yeah. I think this is pretty much the
1: weakest ADR they can get. Um, Which is, is fine, because yeah, that's still a good ADR. Yeah, especially when the update happens. Yeah, with all yeah. the new stuff.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, Crucible Guard, we've got Sevestro, Locke, and McKay. Prima Materia, Magnum
2: Opus. So you can play Brandon Owens' uh, <laughs> Warfare Weekend pair. Yep. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have Sevestro,
0: Locke, <laughs> which I like. Sevestro, Locke to me is the most. I think it's the best pair they they run. So. Also sounds like interesting the, to play. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The only thing that mixes it up is when Gearheart's, like worked in, but overall, I think Sevestro, Locke is just it's just a really good pair yep hard to go too wrong uh infernals they didn't screw me over as so much as i thought they were going to Woo! <laughs> um i, actually I really forgot like that Hardy. they keep i yeah i think it's decent uh agathon omademos uh cross two and fiora three um so there's plenty you can do with this it's typically yeah. going to end up being uh i mean it's going to be fiora three with one of the other two It depends it's usually agathon fiora i think is going to be
1: the so, pairing to go with, but this, this is the first time I've seen Cross Two's full name. Why mm-hmm. is his name so bland when he has such a hilariously demonic gun? I don't know. <laughs> I, they like they went a lot of directions with his with his yeah. theme. I, I don't,
0: yeah, yeah, I don't know, but um, it yeah, I don't know. Like
1: of, it looks super out of place in Inferno, <laughs> where they're like the Black Gate, the Conquering Flame,
0: Resistance <laughs> Fighter. Yeah, he's pretty boring uh yeah like i think if, if i if see if you were like right now which which of these are you going to take it's going to be an agathon fiora pairing but i could yep. see you doing i could see you doing omademos fiora or omademos cross 2 actually um agathon cross 2 sounds like a bad idea to me it's it's kind of it's sort of two flimsy toolboxy lists
2: yeah i would not play that pairing but, yeah, but um, i'm very excited for fiora 3 post howlers and RuneLid. Be
0: yeah, the thing with Fiora is you, there's so many ways you can build her. Like if she's ever on an ADR, you can fit her into a pair. Like there's, yeah. There's
2: just Do you no... want Pow seventeen cleansers? Do you want Pow twenty one firebombs? Do you want adjudicator and a bunch of good stuff? Like, yep. Yeah, yep. you can go lots of ways.
0: Uh, trolls. Yarl scold. The hunters grim. Madrek Ironhide, Iron Ironhide, iron Thornwood chieftain. And Gristle, Bloodsong Fellcaller, Band of Heroes, Crew Company. Those are all.
1: Uh, I think well, the ones so, for Grim.
0: Yeah, so we know that there's supposed to be some kind of like little little things going on with a couple of with some troll stuff. Uh, they as far as like the updates, Real Company. Yeah, so this is a little hard to call till we kind of know what they're talking about because they weren't they weren't very specific about what. That's that true. Is.
2: Band of Heroes is just <laughs> very like not a great theme force anymore. Yeah. And like Creel Company at the moment is a pretty bad theme force with these. I casters. mean it's right. It's I mean they don't have like Storm of the North is not on here, right? So like Right. Yeah. Know, so I annoying. mean at least one of these isn't power of know That's the only way this could be worse. Um yeah. but yeah I uh if Creel yeah, Company gets really a lot of buffs that would oh. be interesting. And I think Dune Narcon in Band of Heroes is really cool. It's not in Band of Heroes. You're kidding me. No, it's in this is the problem, Brett. This is why Band of Heroes is a bad theme force. It's not in Band of Heroes. It's so not tr- in Merch <laughs> slots.
0: Yeah, trolls trolls for like trolls had a really their their themes had a lot of uh, issues with the like weirdly restrictive specifications on themes. To where that make them that made them very narrow and so they've, they've it, slowly it, fixed parts of it, but it's not it's not yeah quite there.
2: <laughs> if they update it so the Archon, is in band of heroes, that theme force gets a thousand percent more interesting immediately, yeah. but it hasn't been yet, so you know, and okay. it might not so yep. yeah uh
0: circle, I just want to take a moment to just point out Kruger's art. he just looks like. He doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> to me. Like he looks very surprised about his situation. Uh... I, allied,
2: I allied with dragons <laughs> five years ago, and nothing has changed. <laughs> hey, we're getting cords uh, Oblivion this year. Things might change.
0: Woo! Uh, Branegas, Kruger two, Mosar, and Kaya the Moon Hunter,
1: which like, is two, Kaya two in Wild Hunt. What? Yeah, what? Bones of orbros
0: Wild Hunt. Yeah. It's... I mean, the Kaya's in general. We I remember we talked. I think Jade and I did about casters that have sort of been forgotten, <laughs> and yeah. the, the Kaya's the fall into that really bad, where they just kind of just sort of like
1: are there.
2: So and... it's clearly Kruger to bones. Like that's just kind of the list. A-
1: that's that's what the faction is right now. It, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's uh, 20,
0: so hour, you're probably right? you're probably doing what well, like Kruger Tubons Mosar Wild Hunt or something. You
2: know, Make, okay. Cra- call me crazy, but does or does not Brad Wild Hunt with Ambushing Wolves of however- World sound like maybe okay? That sounds like the worst idea anyone has ever had. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's
2: it. All that's
0: right. The of, that's the end of the cast. we've we've done it (laughs) jaden hit rock bottom (laughs) civil war uh yeah i don't know i don't know it's an interesting one at the end of the day yeah you've got kruger you've got kruger bones i can see people throwing out like i don't know i can see people doing bradigus just because i know there are some people who still swear by bradigus and he can make a pretty strong
1: list but i I forgot wild hunt is the uh the new call the wild yes okay I can see Kaya too in there. Yeah. Yeah, but you're not happy about it. No. Well,
2: I'm playing Kaya 2, so I'm not happy. <laughs> I'm having a
1: bad time. Right. Who, who,
0: for some reason, got nerfed in the Mark three transition? Well,
2: it's because of the geomancy change, as well. Like, yeah, if well, you could still geomancy like dogpile and stuff, that would be. She got caught. That would be in... all right. <laughs> yeah. That would be that good.
1: She got caught in the crossfire of, of Lilith 2 getting nerfed.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, well it was partly that and she used to have like I don't know she used to have a couple of passive rules like she had the one that let her stuff charge for free and I believe she doesn't anymore.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, like gonna... just Go. for some
0: reason they just removed it and I don't know why. But anyway. Uh, Legion, Vale, Disciple of Everblight, Absalonia, this is Abby 2, Lilith Shadow of Everblight, Lilith 2 and Fiana, Raven's of War Oracles of Annihilation.
2: This is a pretty sweet ADR actually. I, I like this one a lot.
1: It's also well-designed,
2: because yeah. it's four good
1: casters that aren't the standard ones.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, Ravens of War gives you Golap, so Absalonia is just, like, absolutely in love. Um, and then Oracles is just a really weird theme force, and I think Vale can play it really well. I think um, Lilith Two can play it interestingly, which yeah. is about the best you can say for Lilith Two right now.
1: My problem with this theme force is that it's going to make Legion players play better. <laughs> uh, oh, well.
2: The world
0: doesn't need to see <laughs> Fiona again right now. Correct. <laughs> uh Skowern. Uh we've got Morgul three, Xerxes two, Resheth, and Jalam. Winds of Death, Disciples of Agony.
2: This is a very weird ADR. It
0: is kind of funky.
2: Uh, you're kind of shoving I mean, it's probably Resheth like, yeah, into Wins. Yeah, it's
0: probably like it's, it's probably Resheth, Wins, and then like Jalam, Disciples, or Xerxes. Or Xerxes. Oh, I,
2: I think Morgul 3 is the best of those. Dang. For Disciples? I don't know about like <sighs> I do know Morgul 3 is really good. Morgul 3 is really good, but the problem is that Resheth is really good. Yeah. yeah no no argument here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like Morgul Morgul 3 is a caster that I always like tried to love really, really hard, but he's just like what he does is very strong, but it's so inefficient <laughs> most of the yeah. time. Like it's really hard to make it efficient. Um He's cool when he does his his thing in melee, but it's hard to like make because of how he's designed. But anyway. Uh Minions. Filet Minions. Um <laughs> we have Caliban, Midas, Maloc, and Helga. Uh, Willwork we'll Food, Thornfall Alliance, Blindwater Congregation, aka all
1: things.
2: You do to get punished like this? This okay, is so, pretty. This is pretty vicious. So Brett, <laughs> I, have, I have cute minions tech for you that maybe has not been explored yet. Okay. Void Archons on her Helga's feet that teleport into back arcs and <laughs> slam things towards you.
0: I mean, it's like <laughs> practically Swamp Gobbler River Raiders, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: <but> better. <laughs> well,
0: I don't. I don't know. I, I so I've played against a lot of Helga and Midas. So I have like a with a insane player running them. So like, yep. <laughs> I have a certain I have a certain respect for both of those casters, but um, it's it, not as strong. Uh, yeah. If like if I don't know. If like what... Caliban was Jaga Jagger or something, I'd like this a lot more.
1: Well, and right. I, so my problem with Malok isn't that he's bad. I think that he's extremely poorly placed in my meta.
0: Yes. Sure. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, he. I mean, he's he didn't really get any worse. Like
1: he actually got noticeably better with the. Yeah, yeah. But, um, when I was doing really well with him, it was before people were taking anti-healing. Now you yeah. have to take anti-healing. Right. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Uh, Ed <laughs> yeah. Play whatever you fricking
0: want. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. Is this the first time <laughs> Dreamers? Old, been old on witch, the old witch, heretic, dreamer.
1: Like. Yeah. Yep. I'm pretty sure it's the first time she's been on ADR.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, like, I played Grimkin at the beginning of ADR, and I don't think she was ever on ADR. Or maybe she was, like, season one before everybody figured out she was great. Yeah, I think she was on season one. And then after that, it wasn't ever again. Brutal. Yeah, this ADR is bonkers.
0: Yep. Yep. So, yeah, that's (laughs) uh, that's our sick hot takes on all the ADRs. So, what are we actually going to talk about today? Let's kick into it. it Brett's in
2: charge. Brett's in
1: charge. Brett's in charge. So um, I've been I've been pondering. So we're getting close to uh, the end of the year, and traditionally uh, in Western culture, at the end of the year, we think about like goals for the next year and like what we've accomplished over the course of the year. And so I was thinking about, uh, particularly, I was thinking about um, my War Machine weekend experience and why I was, you know, I, I scrub I scrubbed the fuck out and lost in round one. But I'm not like super disappointed in that. And so I kind of want to explain like. <laughs> how I got there like like what's what's changed between last year where I won the whole thing and this year where I lost in the first round and Mm -hmm. like and that that got me to the to the concept of like goals and expectations um, because that's what I was talking about beforehand and I think sharing that kind of mindset would be really really helpful uh, both
2: inside and outside the game sure although I kind of feel like now at this point we're obligated to do the BBC thing where it's like now if you're sitting comfortably we can begin (laughs) (laughs) yeah so jade pointed out that he just went through this professional training two weeks ago and i totally stole it from that
1: because i have forgotten about it having been in corporate america for a long time um but i keep coming back to setting good goals as (laughs) a mental health thing like you know how i can um feel accomplished without feeling overwhelmed like i'm taking on too much or disappointed that i'm not reaching my goals and so there's this really like really common uh definition of goals where it's the acronym smart uh we're trying to make specific which is you need to have like an end condition or you need to have like a yes no binary like you so you can know when the goal is created um they're measurable uh, in the same way you need to be able to objectively say if the goal has been created Uh, you can't just say i want to get better at x you have to say i want to accomplish this thing Uh, Mm -hmm. otherwise otherwise you're stuck in that goal forever um they have to be achievable it has to be real oh wait no yeah it has to be realistic it can't be you know i want to make a million dollars in war machine um and it has to be relevant um (laughs) making goals that aren't relevant to what you're working on is useless and then time limited this one's really really important and really easy to overlook um (coughs) you set a deadline then you understand the resources you have going into that, like what you're able to put into it, and you have a, a checkpoint where you can say, this is where I need to look back and go in. So let's talk about how we apply that to War Machine, unless you guys have any general comments. Uh, um, no. Nah. Nah. So one 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 interesting thing when I started, talking about, started thinking about this is that it actually... Um, is pretty fractal. You can you can scale this up or down, um, all the way from like a single model's activation, all the way up until like your entire war machine career. So I'm just kind of like doing the power of two zooming out each time. And so the first one I want to talk about is like what can you expect each unit. So if you give a unit a goal and you say this is what I expect the unit to do. Mm-hmm. And so one of the differences between War machine goals, especially in game and professional goals, is that there's a random factor, and so I think that's actually what makes it really important for you to set goals for uh, even parts of your army or for your entire army, because you need to, because you need to be able to estimate what your army is going to do, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so practicing and saying, you know. <laughs> I think this unit of Tharn Ravagers is going to kill 20 infantry units. That's actually pretty reasonable. It's pretty measurable. Uh, you can <laughs> it easily, But yeah. like saying uh, this unit of gun mages is going to kill a heavy. Like that re- that requires some insane dice. Or well, you so... Mark 1. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, they, <laughs> they,
0: no, yeah. they just not case No, they just carved your cortex out. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. well, that's alright, because you were a warjack and you were like Matt 5 and <laughs> garbage.
1: Yeah, Mark 1. Um, yeah. But, and so, uh, and so, and then one one thing I want to get into later is expectations. So like, mm-hmm. um, like I have the expectation that this will do that, that, you know, a unit will accomplish this, but you need to think of it as a goal and not what's going to happen. So <laughs> if, you, if you think of it as a foregone conclusion, right, then when it doesn't happen, like dice don't go your way, you get frustrated and upset. But if you sure. think of it as a goal, you can say, okay. Well, I didn't reach that goal. What can I do to make up for that? And so, one of the things the war machine is really good at is resource allocation, right? Of saying, well, I have a
2: I have a backup plan in case of that, or have this extra, you know, resource that I can apply to it later. Okay, so I think it's interesting that you've identified that you have a goal for a unit or a model to accomplish a thing, because when I'm looking at my turn, I don't actually have it for specific units or models. I have specific goals that I want accomplished. And then I think about the, t- the resources that I have for that thing, instead of saying like, all right, this model's job is to do that thing. I say I, in my brain, it's like these, I don't know, eight things could do that thing. And so we're going to then rank them in order of which one's most likely and start yeah. there. And I, th- I think that second step is why <laughs> I it in terms of
1: units is, once you go, this is the most likely, or this is the most efficient, or this is the cheapest way to do it. Um, Okay. Like then, then you can start going, is this a reasonable goal? Is this the right goal to set? Yeah.
0: Well, and and for me, just kind of thinking about this, there's, there's sort of two, uh, different ways that you're approaching this sort of assessment of what you can actually expect, right? What, what actually makes these goals achievable or realistic and that's there's there's a, a degree of technical knowledge and then a degree of game sense. Technical knowledge kind of comes in the form of like understanding like how the dice work. <laughs> <laughs> like what like what is typically going to be achievable based on how well, dice odds work, and, right? On and a the, dice curve.
1: Right, exactly. And the most important understanding there is understanding that just because it's expected value doesn't mean it happens all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is a a very common like new player thing that you think that well, seven is the average. That means I should roll at least a seven every time, right? That's, like, I've, I've heard that kind of mentality before you kind of understand how the dice odds actually work. And yeah. it's, so, like, typically what I'm doing, when I, when I start doing, like, the kind of math, you know, grading the actual curve out, I just kind of have a habit of, like, what's expected. Okay, I'm going to expect slightly less than that. <laughs> like, I just kind of default to, like, assuming it's not going to go quite as well as I would like. Um, and only start going for goals that seem 50/50 50, 50 or higher when i'm behind right? right like that's the point where you want you want to try to get your you, get yourself into a position where the goals you want to achieve are as easy as possible right and that's essentially like in in some respects that is an extreme breakdown of what the game of war machine is yeah. right that's what strategy is it's creating situations that
1: make the goals you're trying to achieve easier yeah, and well, i think that's <laughs> One thing, one thing that's really interesting about the kind of goals that the three of us set is that we're extremely conservative in them. So we actually leave <laughs> a lot of value on the table because we don't go after risky plays. Yeah, and, I hate 50-50s are terrifying. Correct. Yep. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's the worst. So, and yeah. and that's 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 yeah. actually a difference. That's something that we can consider setting risky goals and saying, well, I'll be in this good position if I if this works out. And, so, and like if you have backup plans or it's, like something. Yeah,
0: it's taking it. taking gambles right to yeah, get exactly. ahead early. Well, and is this
2: the year of hashtag line of sight assassinates the world?
0: I mean, oh. I've been since I started playing Agathon, I'm actually assassinating people and it's really weird, which is which I do like roughly a third of the time. But, you know, uh, yeah. and, but the, the other thing I kind of wanted to mention as well, though, so you can you can spend a lot of time. And the thing about understanding like that dice math is that's just a lot of learning how dice math works, which it takes a while to get to where it's kind of intuitive. The other kind of sense of it, and this is something I got a lot when I was playing Circle, is just sort of understanding, without necessarily having to go into, like, super specific details, just understanding what something can or can't do, typically just through experience. So, like, for me, especially with playing Circle, um, I I feel like anybody who played Circle for a very long time just kind of got a sense of, like, all right, how much can a wolf take?
2: not right. much like, yeah like what
0: like what realistically can i allow to reach a warwolf before Two it's like charging it's gonna die?
2: infantry models that are not weapon masters and are under pal 14 yeah
0: the thing yeah the thing about warwolves is you're like eyeing like mm, he's still got a max unit acquire there they might charge you know some hard nines and they'll just kill him but
1: um... uh, i'm also familiar with the what can a warwolf stalker kill uh if it's higher than def 12 nothing yeah yeah basically
0: and and that's and that's like a that's the thing that you can break it down in like very specific numbers, but it's also just something you get out of just repeat it. Like it's part of why I like playing. You know, people talk about like playing the same list over and over and over again. To me, it's more about faction. I don't tend to play one list over and over exactly, but I, I will stick with a faction for a while. And a lot of what I'm trying to get out of that is just a general feel for like what can a thing do, and what can it take.
2: I would argue and, that it's not even necessarily faction specific, but more like <laughs> general stat line specific right
0: sure i i yeah definitely but I, I think factions are so they have so much going on that it's it's hard to easily transfer it from faction to faction but you can i mean once Fair you play the game enough
2: yeah uh, i've kind of played them all at this point so it's right that's yeah eh. that's kind
0: of part of the problem is we play so much different stuff that you kind of just start to get a, a feel for it but um and there's a lot of weird things too like th- like there's things that will throw you off like because there's certain things that you don't always necessarily take into account like we kind of we sort of default to Jacks having about thirty-two boxes, like heavies, like that's mm-hmm. fairly typical. It sometimes, even with as long as I've played, like I will get thrown off by what thirty-six boxes does. Oh, like yeah. even like... with lower armor, like fighting against like monstrosities and stuff, you're like oh, they'll actually survive like a weird amount of stuff. <laughs> just like yeah. they'll di- they won't die as quick as you'd think, and that's just kind of a, a case of just just getting used to that and getting a feel for kind of what these things can take.
1: I think reroll math is also a really good example of that.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, Jane and I have been talking a lot about how Agathon's math works, and it involves a lot of... It's like, additional die drop, Lois, also multiple rerolls, and it's the most... Yeah. It gets to a point where you kind of have to stop mathing and just go, how do yeah. I feel this is going to play out?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, Will Crookshanks over on the other side of the pond has gone to multiple mathematicians at this point, and none of them agree on how to model it, so... <laughs> uh it's, it's, it's awesome. pretty
0: it's pretty off it's pretty the only thing that we've really been able to determine is the odds are very high
2: <laughs> it's it's better than add 10 percent usually yep. Yep. Uh, so,
0: uh, so, yeah yeah
2: so so to bring this back to goals um i think
1: i would argue that when you're describing like an intuitive feeling uh that's actually the process of being able to set and evaluate goals uh subconsciously or like yeah. Very, very yeah it's, quickly.
0: it's all it's all founded in that specific information yeah. Right? it's
1: yeah which means the practicable skill it's like it's not it's not magic it's yeah oh yeah, think yeah. About it. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah um i think it's also important to think about um positioning um your goal doesn't have to be kill a model it can be set up so that i can kill a model next turn and be safe it can be um, set up so that I don't lose on scenario. This is an important goal to have. Um, it can be set up so that I win scenario next turn. Like, like these are all goals that you can have inside the game. And it's important. I, I think one of the best ways to progress in the game is to be able to set goals further in the future and keep working towards them. Um, like, I think I think the difference between a, a new player and a player who's going going and winning tournaments is a new player will be saying, all right. I can set this goal and then I'll understand what it does. And then I can move on to the next unit and hopefully that, whereas a tournament player will go, okay, I need my army to do this. So that three turns from now, I I'll be set up to win.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at professional chess players, I've been watching a lot of chess randomly lately. um, (laughs) Is that like, they'll talk in these very concrete terms about um, at some moment, this piece wants to be on this square. And it's like, Every turn, they're like, is it this turn? Nope, it's not this turn. Is it this turn? No, it's not this turn. But I'm setting up all these other pieces so that when that piece goes to that square, there's nothing to be done about it.
0: That's, that's kind of an interesting aspect of chess and talking about chess in general. is It's it's kind of, in many respects, it's almost like a solved game. It's been around so long that like there's so, solve, so much
1: solve. that is... Solved isn't <laughs> the right word. The right word is... Uh, the barrier to entry is you have to understand, you know, hundreds of turns of set plays before you get to start. Right,
0: right. That's what I mean. Is it's it's yeah. there's there is a lot of aspects about it that are fairly set in stone to a realistic human being, basically. <laughs> um, and it's so it's kind of fascinating that way. Whereas, and it's part of what I think the appeal of uh, tabletop war games is, is because they are not on a grid; they're mm-hmm. they're more fluid. Well, uh, and the- it,
1: rules change so often
0: and the rules change often it makes it a, a much more chaotic game right and then dice are a thing um, but uh, what was I, I going to say um, I, I think one thing that's that's actually really relevant about this idea of, of kind of taking the time to set those goals like when you're actually at the table is it's also a really good way to kind of start getting into the mindset of playing proactively right of having mm-hmm. of, of knowing what you want to do and figuring out how to do it Rather than reacting all the time, which I think is a, a process that takes a very long time to get used to, like right. knowing knowing how to attack the table instead of try to solve the table, if that makes sense. Right. Um, and, and being able to kind of set goals. I mean, this, this is kind of where like goal, goals starts kind of becoming synonymous with just like plans or tactics to a certain degree, where it's just what do I want to accomplish? But it's just breaking it down further, right? But yeah.
1: yeah, and and so and then the other thing I want to talk about with goals, especially in game, is managing yourself when those goals aren't reached. So yeah. even if you set achievable, realistic goals, um, they're not always going to work uh, for one reason or another. Maybe you know you make a placement mistake. Maybe the dice don't go your way. Maybe you're, there's a rule on your opponent's card that you forgot. And so it's really important that. You understand the likelihood of your goals. Like, if you say, okay, this is safe unless I mess something up. If you mess that up, you have to go, okay, that happened. It's a thing that happened. It's not a big deal. I can fix it this other way. Or, you know, maybe, you know, I can fix it next game. Or, like, just go, okay, I won't make that mistake again. And so sometimes you have to set a new goal where it's just, I'm going to improve next
2: game. Yeah, that's actually a really important aspect of it because so oftentimes in the middle of a game, you like kind of forget that this is just one of the many games that you're going to play, mm-hmm. um, and that you know you can gain value out of it for the next time. Yes.
0: Well, it's uh, I, like honestly thinking more on it. Almost, almost every instance of like extreme salt, <laughs> I've kind of. Seen from players that are less experienced is an end result of setting bad goals. Like, it's essentially trying to set goals that are not achievable with the tools that they have. It's a lot of like, oh, these 10 models should do this. And you look back on it and go, no, they had almost no chance of doing that.
1: Or, or even know? like a 50 50. Like, yeah, you know, right. You're like, like, half the game's you're like,
0: like <laughs> it's not actually, it's not actually. And, and that that can, if you if you don't understand what's going on, like why that is not working, it can be very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I see that a lot. And it's something I try to work through people with a lot, like kind of going, okay, let's take a step back and go over like what the actual odds were of what you were doing so <laughs> to, to try to kind of set yourself up better in the future.
1: Well, right? and one, and, one piece of advice that I was given that I really, really love is that, uh, after my opponent lost a game, he said to me, no, or like I was trying to give him out. Like, hey, the dice went my way. Sorry about that, man. He's like, no, no, it's never the dice. I could have done this better. I could have done that better. I could have placed better. I could have understood yeah. what was happening better. And so, and this, this is getting to my next point of what you're getting out of the game is if your goal in a game is to improve rather to, than to win, you can yeah. achieve that goal even when losing by saying, okay, here's what I learned this game and what I can apply from now on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And like the other thing that we sometimes forget about is, it is possible to have a hilariously fun time playing a game if that is your goal, no matter who wins.
1: Yes. Oh, I thought I thought you were gonna do the Kobayashi Maru thing. Uh, It's possible to make no mistakes and still lose. Also that.
0: (laughs) I mean, and that's the thing is, while while you can say like there are things you can prove, dice do happen. That absolutely does happen. But you want to. I
1: say it never happens because it's a lot rarer than people think. I think R- it happens. Right, it's it's much rarer than people
0: think. And the other thing is, like, why focus on that? Because you don't have control over that. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't you don't have control over, like, if you just were the insane statistical anomaly and rolled double ones for an entire game. Well, There's just, nothing you could just, do about that. Just to right? throw out
1: a random example, like, if you go on this really good assassination run, but you need to roll a gallows distance of three, and you have two chances at it. I mean... Like <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, when you go for like a ninety eight percent,
0: and it doesn't work out, right?
2: And then and, spend six months figuring out that that was one hundred percent the wrong play, even though it was a ninety eight percent assassination and, run, right?
0: And and you have to in like focusing on that of like ah oh, just dice though, whether it was beneficial or not, it never helps you. Dice dice are irrelevant to anything about your skill at the end well, of the day.
1: Yeah, and right? analyzing whether the dice were good or not is not going to help you.
0: Right, and what you need to think about is it, whether it went well, you're like, Oh man, that was a 98% or it failed. And you could just sit there and dwell on like, can't believe those dice, but you can step back and go, what else could I have done? It's possible. You played a very, very good game. If you got to a 98% assassination, you probably played. All right. <laughs> oh no, nah, like
2: a super stupid or, version. or yeah, or that, right. Like there's two directions. you can I go. Hate with that, you.
0: Right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, well, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, Oh, I literally wiped out, every model they had and didn't lose anything i played a perfect game you actually probably didn't there were things you probably could have done better now okay. is it a little silly to just be like Ugh, i could have done things better
1: certainly don't say that out loud yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> I, um. there's a
0: there's a couple people i've run into who do that sometimes and you're like okay well and one thing that's that's interesting and we see this at my store occasionally because there's a couple of us that have this pet peeve about like don't tell me how bad things went for you after destroying me. Thanks. (laughs) Um, But like, we do have a habit of like, after a game is over, whether you won or not, we'll have people who won their game and we'll start to think out loud about like, Oh, I could have done this better and this better and this better. And it can come across as, as that as like, yeah, thanks. Like, Oh yeah, you played so bad and just destroyed me. But like, there is a degree of like, no, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to go over my game. I'm sorry.
1: You know. <laughs> Again, it's what you're trying. What your opponent's trying to get out of the game is to improve in future games. Their goal is, yeah. to win. and so that's not what they're concerned with. And so they're not noticing that you're frustrated,
2: yep. that you lost. And so that's that's an important social thing that you should just be aware of. Yeah, yeah. One yeah. thing I, I will mention that I don't think gets talked about very much is that if you win a game because of dice, right? Like, so say that you need to roll like box cars followed by 11 and then you win the game um a lot of the times it's just like wow this was a great story i won because of this but what you should probably be doing is going why was i in a position where i needed to roll box cars followed yeah. by an 11 um and that's something that like pretty much everybody's bad at is reflecting on wins and criticizing the play in those wins but especially when it's like wow i luck sacked that it's like why did you have to that's the thing you should be focusing on
1: and just as a hint, it probably goes further back than you realize. It's um, probably like a turn two mistake, or or even deployment. I mean,
0: it could go all the way back to deployment. Yeah, yeah. like it. Yeah, could be the list you picked. It could yeah, be what it, models you put in your stuff before you left. Well, it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it could be that you brought um, Carver. <laughs> that be, that oh, might no, that might be it.
0: Brought <laughs> Carver into Exemplar interdiction.
1: That's fine. Um, uh, so. So I think I'm going to step away from like war machine specific topics and just kind of talk about more general goals unless you guys have anything else. No, that's uh, fine. So I think I think one thing um I think one thing that you should really and this is what really brought up the topic for me is what what to expect out of a tournament. Um so the clearest, starkest difference between last year's run with Iona and this year's run with Dreamer and Heretic is that um, in the month before Machine Weekend, I played probably 100 Iona games. Like, I was deadly serious about it. Jade and I were working it out. We were trying all Yeah, kinds... we played 50 games so, on Vassal easily. Yeah. And so, like... I, I worked my ass off and we were super ahead of the meta. We were like focused on the CID stuff. This time I was just kind of lackadaisical about it, right? I wasn't practicing that much. Uh, you I played
2: Monpox the day before instead of War
1: Machine. I, yeah, but I fucking love Monpox. So that's a problem. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but the important part of this is the goal I set. And so I realized that because I hadn't committed the time, effort, and energy that I did last year, I can't expect the same results. I mean, it'd be great if it happened again. And I did try my hardest, and I actually came relatively close to winning that first game. But I'm also not like, you know, I'm the worst player ever, I'm the worst person ever, because I knew going in that I hadn't I hadn't done what I needed to to have the goal of winning War Machine Weekend. Right. And so I think in everyday tournaments, and you know, normal tournaments, you need to think about that. Like, am I going to this tournament to win the whole thing? Am I going to this tournament... To play three good games of War Machine. Am I going to this tournament? And and especially in like local tournaments it's like like the goal of winning the whole tournament is kind of irrelevant. Like you get twenty bucks in store credit or whatever. I mean, like that's like setting that goal of winning the whole thing is something that'll happen what one in eight times. You know, if one in four, if you're like extremely good player, like. So setting yourself up for that failure is is really taxing psychologically. And it's how people get frustrated especially in the X and 1 bracket where they're like oh i was so close to winning. Yeah. Um, and whereas instead if you go this is a local tournament I want to lose all of these games because I learn more when I lose. My goal with this tournament isn't to win the tournament. It's a local tournament. Whatever. My goal is to win Big Event X or to you know go X and 1 at LVO Masters. Mm-hmm. Like so by setting a goal outside of the tournament, outside of just winning that back game individually, you're able, it, like, it's a psychological benefit. Like, it's, it'll keep you playing the game longer. It'll keep you happier with the game. It'll keep your friends a lot happier with you. I can guarantee that. <laughs> um, and it, it, it helps you with that feeling of improvement, even if you don't get something that's luck dependent, which is winning.
2: Yep, yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, the, the interesting thing about, properly set goals is that they kind of nest in each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a large goal. And then inside of that goal, you have several smaller goals. And then inside of those goals, you have really small goals. Like if done per- correctly, that's, that's kind of how they work. And that's um, it's a way of breaking down that workflow so that you don't get overwhelmed by, my goal is I want to win, pff, I don't know, Warfare Weekend. I want to win Warfare Weekend. Um, and. If you don't understand that, all right, so in order to win Warfare Weekend, my base goal needs to be I 100% understand how my list works against the meta. Mm -hmm. Like, like that is goal one, right? Then you might just go into it with, like, I know how my list works and then not actually know what your list does, right?
1: well, and then there's also other things they have to get. Like, you have to travel to enough cons to get enough points to qualify.
2: Like, yeah, that mechanical right. things, like, right? Right. Uh, so, it, it's a really important process of um, setting up, up uh, goals is that they they do need to nest. When I'm setting up a, like, a fairly large goal, I like to um, break down the large goal into smaller goals and each goal layer i have like actions that are associated with what needs to happen to achieve those goals so like goal is lose 30 pounds um sub goal is eat 2000 calories or less a day sub goal of that and action for that is meal plan that looks like this like mm-hmm. I write that down. And then like the other side of that would be like working out X number of times per week. And then action is get a gym membership and then uh, like reminders in my phone or something like that. Right. Um, and I
1: want to point out that you're describing extremely advanced and, and good goal setting. Uh, if you're, if you're new to this, like setting large so setting large achievable goals is one of the most difficult things to do in the world. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. uh, so it, it's very important to not, hold yourself to large goals uh if that's like the first time you're trying this like 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 how do you know if it's reasonable to expect to win a you know 16 person tournament in your first year war machine
0: who knows oh yeah (laughs) like so for me because i I always i remember my process very well especially because a lot of my goal setting was centered around the same tournament every year for a long time which was the intermountain cup and uh for me Especially after the first, like when I started kind of realizing I wanted to play the game competitively, it was like, well, the end goal for anybody who's starting to really play competitively you know, in North America, I want to get to Wormsheet Weekend eventually, right? And uh, so that was my kind of like amorphous long term goal. And it was funny where almost every year it was like a reassessment of like, is this the year that my goal is to, <laughs> to get to warm to, to get into the, the Invitational? Like, is do I feel like I'm at a spot where that's a goal I can realistically make? And, and for a while it was like, no, I don't think so. I think I think my goal this year is top eight at LVO. Or something like that, you know, that's, like any. That's
1: it, a great goal. That an right, and
0: awesome. so this was, and this was a process. This started from, and I remember, I remember it actually pretty clearly. It was my first IMC. It was I want to play every round of the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally Ooh, my first and, like war machine goal.
1: That's another was, great goal. Yeah, it yeah. was
0: like I just I want to play every round and not stop and just like get through all of it. And then like the next year it was like, okay, I want to try to win my first round this year. Like yeah. I want to try to win that. And the problem is, is that that's a bit of a weird goal. Cause it's, it just depends a lot on who you run into, especially at that skill level. It's like, who knows, but it's like, okay, I'm going to try really hard to like win, you know, at least my first round. And I did that and I was like, all right. And then like the next year is like, I'm going to try to win like two rounds. And it was a process of just doing this slowly. Um, and it's just, and it's like, it's kind of funny. It's just moved up incrementally to the point where now I'm like, all right, <laughs> my goal is top three at two conventions. And, try to get into the invitational again you know like it's it's kind of you you get there but it was a very very slow process and And i I tried very hard to never let myself like go outside of my bounds kind of because it feels bad (laughs) (laughs) like
1: it's a really really good example for you because like if if you like it took you years and years to win the imc right and so uh, I've, never has, won the, uh, I've never won the IMC. Oh, you never won. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I got okay. the, I the best I've
0: done. The best I've won was this last year I got second place. Okay. That was, the, that well, was my best
1: one. But yeah, and so like it, it might seem reasonable to say, hey, I'm gonna win my local con. But like that that could be a decade long process, especially because if it's one event, it's hugely luck dependent.
0: Well yeah, and that's the thing, is and it's it's always kind of been yeah, even though I have at this point one events way bigger than yeah. IMC there's always that was that was always my first event and it's always the one that my goal was to win right yeah. and so that is one that I take very seriously for like how small of an invitational call fire it is because because <laughs> I'm like this is my event you know this is the event that I've done every year this is my first tournament and it's it's how I have barred myself essentially it's how I've gauged where I'm at in a lot of respects even though I don't think it's a great gauge of where I'm at at this point in a lot of respects but um and and yeah that's the thing though is is and that's part of why like i was saying that like that goal of i'm gonna win my first round it's very similar to a goal of i'm gonna win this specific tournament because it's like we've said a million times is good no matter how good you are you do need a little luck to win an event yeah uh your your skill mitigates that that's why very very good players typically continually make top places but you got to get a little lucky to win um yeah. and so and so having a goal that is that specific can be dangerous unless you kind of know and and that's a point that like so brett we were talking about like you know like last year going like the the goal is i really want to win or you know the invitational as long as you're like especially when you've done a lot of making goals and working on them you can you can have goals like that that are like with the caveat that (laughs) that there's some luck there and it could not happen right like you you always kind of have to have that
1: and, and, and my right. goal wasn't wasn't even to win last year. It was right. I think Iona's broken. It was I need to get this I need to get this I need to get this <laughs> caster nerfed.
0: Yeah, I find spite spite is a really fantastic motivator that will get you very far. <laughs> I literally I mean I literally got scorn in one Rocky Mountain Rumble off the back of spite about scorn. So you know, yep. yeah. Um,
2: on the extreme flip side of that, uh, because my play is so limited at the moment and. Like, I don't know how many cons I I realistically am going to hit every year at this point. Um, I go into them, and it's mostly like, my my goal is, I want to see my friends. And I want to make sure to play a game with at least these three people that I only see X number of times per year. And I want to play as well as I can in the tournament.
0: Oh, yeah. I've I've had some events I've gone into where my goal is as amorphous as, as, like... I just want to walk away from today, not feeling bad about myself. And it's like pretty (laughs) vague, but you're just like, as long as I'm happy, which I should be.
1: Well, and it's okay. That goal is like, that means you need to understand what upsets you about a game. Yeah,
0: exactly. Right. Yeah. That that becomes more,
1: Well, yeah. for me, that's like making unforced errors. So if I, my goal is to walk away from a tournament happy, it means I'm going to take every turn super carefully, and I'll probably clock. Yeah, it's, it's kind of it's kind of funny. <laughs> like,
0: man, I just want to get out of this one having a good time, which means I need to take it extremely serious. <laughs> 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 well, welcome to high level tournament play,
1: kids. As <laughs> Who, we say, not as we do. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's it of an age-old Dude, argument, right?
0: Of 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 competitive versus fun, we have fun doing this. Like I have fun taking this game away too seriously. Like honestly, it's yeah. such a good time to just sit with Jaden and pour over dice odds for Agathon for hours at a time. I love this stuff. You yeah, know, or, I or just... sit
2: at the side of a scramble and like refine lists oh yeah that was one of the
0: most that was some of the most fun i've had sitting and talking about the nomademos list yep like it's such a good time just sitting there going like how do we optimize every point in this list and
2: and then we're like all right this is as good as we got peyton peyton come here
0: (laughs) okay we need to take this into a few rounds and reassess yeah this is the stuff we do for fun and it's and it's it's different right it's part of what you know, we, we, you know you, there's all these discussions about the, the casual versus competitive kind of a thing, but it just comes down to what you enjoy, right? And we enjoy just going way overboard, man. <laughs> yep. that's, that's why we have so many hours of sitting and talking about it. So.
1: 105 episodes. Um, <laughs> well, okay, and the last thing um, what I was going to talk about was thinking about, like, your entire War Machine career, what your goal would be. And I think this is one that should should be in flux um i know that i like i've watched a lot of people go from i want to learn the game because it looks fun to i want to become competitive to i want to become a tournament winning player to i want to be jvm well no to i've had kids (laughs) i need to pull back or you know something in my life has changed um and so it's really important to know when to pull back because fighting for an unreal unrealistic goal is like will kill you
2: yeah oh yeah oh
0: yeah I think ever, yeah. any, anybody who's played competitively for a long time, I think has had that year. <laughs> there's like, there's a year somewhere in there that just, just wasn't happening and you yeah. had high goals, but you were just not going to attain them and you had to stop and reassess. And it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's punishing. And oftentimes like those are, those are times
1: I've had to step away from the game for a few months. And um, it's really, it's really important not to be ashamed if your goal changes
0: to the walk of shame out yeah. to another game.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> hold your very, head down low.
1: Very no. important that you don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you're bad
0: and you should feel bad.
1: No. It's, it's, yeah. It is more important for you to be healthy and happy than for you to win War Machine Weekend. <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 Disagree. God damn it, Chandler. My goal is to make sure this podcast doesn't kill people. <laughs> yep. Reasonable. There you go. <laughs> Um, yeah. And and, th- and then it's also important to think about other things outside of the game. I think hobby hobby is a really good aspect. Like I I really enjoyed setting a goal to improve my painting this year. Um, yeah. I th- yeah. I thought that was a really good way to like, <laughs> not have to worry about tournament results, but also still be still get that feeling of improvement.
2: Yeah. I agree. Well, do we want to like share our 2020 War Machine goals and then wrap it up? if you um, have them already well okay I I, I, <laughs> so I'll, I'll buy you some time
1: in that i want to talk about some i want you to remember some of the factors that go into uh winning war machine tournaments um fair, fair. first of all there's a huge financial uh commitment yep, um yep. you need to be able to buy the models you need to be able to spend the time off to go to big events you, like there there's no substitute for playing in big events to get better at the game and so you have to be able to travel. You have to be able to like do all this. So like setting a goal of qualifying for the invitational while also understanding that you can't go to like more than one event per year is unrealistic and probably dangerous for you. So like you have to like the, like we have to be upfront about that. Mm -hmm. Um, You also have to understand there's a huge amount of time I was unable or unwilling to, to commit the, you know, dozens, hundreds of hours that I needed to practice in order to have a realistic shot at winning warm machine. We invitational this year and so i knew that that wasn't a goal that i could set
0: and that's and even like, coupled on to like if your goal is specifically the invitational you need a painted list oh, <laughs> yeah. that's also true yeah, so yeah. like that's a time commitment potentially yeah, <clears throat>
1: yeah. Or, or financial <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah um, sure. and then you also like uh you also have to be aware of the social support that you're going to need to meet all of these goals whether that's like you know your family encouraging you or you know accepting how much time you're putting in this it's having a meta that will that's willing to you know improve with you or you know help you to get the practice you need whether it's you know like someone to talk with at events so that you don't get bored in between rounds like there there's actually a huge amount of social support network that's necessary in order to become good at war machine and it's completely yeah. um and like this 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 <clears throat> is this is actually something i've been talking about all year is that um I understand how difficult it is to build and run a War Machine meta. And so I can't like, get super upset that my meta is falling apart if I'm not willing to do the work to keep it alive. Like I completely understand people not wanting to do it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then the last most important thing is if your goal is to win anything in War Machine, remember <laughs> that there's a huge factor of luck, especially over the course of multiple games. Um, things just have to line up for you to win an event. Like you can't, you can't force it by, you know, practicing a ton or buying the best list possible. Like there is a factor of luck always, and you have to, you have to accept that. Yep. yep. It's very true.
0: Yep. I mean, one thing that's that's always kind of interesting to remember is like, even if you somehow get every single game that you play up to a ninety-five percenter, you're still losing five out of hundred games, right?
1: Well, and- like it's. And yeah, and think about it. That's one in twenty games. Like, <laughs> um, if you're playing an eight round qualifier into masters, that means you're going to not win half those tournaments.
0: And one yeah. of those games might be one of the games in the Invitational, at which point yeah. you out, right? Like it, yeah. it, it, adds. and
1: and like it could be the first round, right? It, it, equally likely in any of those games. Yep, yep. for sure. Oh, uh, I guess, I guess uh, one thing I do want to say is, um, because of that luck factor. Do not get into the trap of saying, "Oh, I always go out round one of Masters." Um, like <laughs> that's the most likely time to go out of Masters. Eight people get out, get kicked out of Masters in the first round, as opposed to yeah. one get kicked out of the finals. Yeah, for sure. Okay. All well, right. do do we want to try goals, or <laughs> is Chandler embarrassed? Yeah, I can do it. I can do it. Good, I haven't gotten mine it's,
0: it's so part of, part of it is some of some of mine are a little up in the air based on a few things. So yeah. for me, I would really like to try to take another convention this year or another major tournament. Um I did the one for Rocky Mountain Rebel. I don't care which one it is. I, I go to enough events that I can kind of give it a broad stroke, but just something. I'd like to win something. Um and okay, and, and I'd
1: like to point out so here are the healthy aspects of that goal. A, you understand there's a luck aspect of <coughs> a specific one. Mm-hmm. Um B you're saying over the course of the next year. So you're giving yourself a reasonable amount of time that could exist and also a limit to like when this goal could be met. And so you'll be happy if it happens even once and you'll understand that that it just didn't happen this year. If it didn't.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'd like to try to be in the invitational again. I want to try to keep that consistent. Um, I would also like to, so I really want to um, try to do WTC soon, but that's not a goal I'm setting up because I don't know what my financial situation will be like. So I don't know if it's realistic or not. Uh, so that's one that's up in the air for me. But, yeah, that's, that's kind of it for me.
2: Sweet. Um, I would like to play in uh, four conventions a minimum this year. Um, there's, like, three that I can drive to, so I feel pretty good about that one. Uh, and I don't particularly care how well I do with them. I just want to go play in them. Um, so, yeah, I, I expect that I will do okay. Like, I never have not, so whatever. Um, but, you know, I don't think I'm at a point where I can realistically say I want to win one of these things, because I don't think I am. Uh, it would am. be very cool to make the Invitational again, because I've already been in it three times. So, you know, five times in a row would be like a sweet streak, uh, at like if I do it this year next year. And I would also like to do WTC. I think this is probably the last year that I'm going to have a very strong resume for a couple of years. So (laughs) this would be kind of the year to do it. And if I do make a WTC team, I get to do a few more cons because my wife's like, yeah, that's a big deal. You get to do that. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I think think it's really important. So just from a goal perspective is to understand Jaden's definition of do okay at an event. (laughs) <laughs> well so, like, yeah not if, wrong yeah. if do okay an event means go x and one or win the whole thing like you're in trouble but if do okay an event means feel happy about your play and win a reasonable number of games then great
2: yeah yeah i mean like i'm gonna go in and i'm gonna play some fun war machine and i'm gonna win some games and i will probably lose some games and i'm uh i'm gonna play a lot of different factions this year probably so it's gonna be fun <laughs>
1: See, that's funny and my goal is to, is to narrow down to one or two factions um, but also like like I said so I'm I think my my area is it, and is, so the way I'm approaching the game is transitioning so I'm trying to discover a new way to practice or play the game and so that's my goal for this year is to come up with a strong practice regimen without the the system that I'm used to previously.
2: Hey, um, we can figure it out together because I need yeah. that to. Yeah, right. Well, I think everyone can use that. And so I'm not
1: I'm not even setting a goal of winning events. I want to travel to as many as possible. Um, And I think I want to go back to WTC this year. But uh, those are those are just goals. Those are I'm not super concerned about the results there. Um, Fair enough. And 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 so I guess I guess my other goal would be if I get on WTC team, put in enough practice, which is yeah yeah for sure absolutely (laughs) yeah.
0: Um my goal is if I if I get onto a WCTC team to do no practice at all and just laze about <laughs> until the day of. Look, when uh, I can I'll show up and I'll forget half my army and then I'll get stuck in a hospital in France.
2: <laughs> too soon. <laughs> uh yeah. One other. By the way, that is not
0: me that is not me making fun of whoever it was that ended up in the hospital. <laughs> That's me making fun of Brett. <laughs> Just to establish who I'm directing this at.
1: Four out of five life-changing crises within a month before WTC. <laughs> yep, it's a good time. That's we weird. locked the last guy in a padded room. Like nothing is
2: allowed to happen <laughs> to you. <laughs> uh yeah. Oh, one other thing. Um that I've, I've never attempted so I'm going to try is uh, I would like to place silver or higher at at least one painting competition this year at a convention that I go to. I don't typically bring things to enter into contests because I usually forget that they're happening uh, until like the weekend the week before and then I'm like nah I don't care enough um, but this year I'll, I'll try and get some stuff put together to enter and see how I do
1: and okay yeah, I should, I should have a painting goal too um, so that's my goal to have a painting goal <laughs> uh, all right well so i i really enjoyed my grim, grim project last year um and so i want to i I need something like that to drive me again and so i like whether it's another game or a new army the problem is i keep switching back to all my favorite old armies and there's only like one or two new models so
2: clearly the answer is strip it all and repaint it fuck that no
1: Begin <laughs>
0: again, again.
1: um uh, <laughs> probably what's going to happen is I'm going to write an OSL
2: Void Archon article. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Sweet. Well,
0: I think, uh, is that about all we got for the evening? I think so. Awesome. Well, in closing then, I want to give everybody who supports our Patreon a huge thank you, because you guys are amazing, and let us have all these wacky goals.
2: Yeah, and we're going to be doing a drawing in like two weeks. Yes,
0: yep. Yep, we got the drawings all set up for that. And uh, if you want to check out our Patreon, it's at patreon.com slash War Machine. Uh, essentially, we have three tiers on there. We do a quarterly raffle for some models, which is fun. Uh, and it's just based on the people who are in the Patreon. Um, and overall, it's just something that, you know, we don't have anything that's gated behind uh, paywalls or anything like that. It's really just if you want to kind of give us a tip supporting what we do and kind of keep us keep basically keep our, our families happy with what we're doing uh and you know kind of helping us get out to these events and whatnot and see a lot of you guys i get to run into a ton of people who are on our patreon all the time at these events uh you can go check that out and, and support us if you want to and if you don't that's fine yep. we will survive probably 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 also, big thanks to Broken Egg Games for their support. They've been super awesome for us. I was just checking over their stuff to see if they have anything super new going on. It looks like their Black Friday sale happened. Uh, there's not a whole lot else going on right this moment.
2: I, I imagine know. they will have Convergent CID tokens pretty soon. Yes. Yeah. And, hope uh, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good times. Uh, if you go to the Broken Egg store, you can use the code LOS5CODE. Get 5% off everything on there. Our website is LOSWarmachine.com. Find our Twitter is at LOS underscore Chandler, at LOS underscore Jaden, at Choke Obsessed underscore LL. You can email us at LOSWarmHordes at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at line of sight or message any of us. And that's the easiest way to figure out everything we got going on because we do everything through our
2: Facebook pretty much. So, And like we said, expect fairly quickly here a large uptick in production of content because yeah, we, we have a lot things to do. Mm-hmm.
0: Things to do, people to see uh yeah that's that's pretty much that's us for this week well Sweet. done go team i think we started off very chaotic and ended very structured well done
1: <laughs> that's like the opposite of what we do i know
0: it's incredible true. that's episode 105 we'll see you guys for
1: 106 cool. all right <gasps>